special thanks to all our patrons who support the show every single week. We couldn't do it without you. Head over to patreon.com slash run, eat, drink podcast and subscribe today for bonus content, exclusive happy hour live chats and more. Patrons, you help keep the run, eat, drink podcast going. And we're so grateful for you. Not a patron yet? Join us today at patreon.com slash run, eat, drink podcast. Help support the show by using our Amazon affiliate link. Anytime you shop on Amazon for running gear, food, beverages, or anything else the little gray trucks might bring your way. Just use runeatdrink.net slash Amazon anytime you shop. It costs nothing extra. It's only one extra click, and it helps us keep the lights on and the bandwidth flowing. Just go to runeatdrink.net slash Amazon, and we thank you for your support. Hi, I'm Jeff Galloway, and you are listening to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We feature destination races from across the country. And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back of the packer like us, you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Hey, welcome to episode 247 of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. I'm your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. It's a surprise. In the springtime. Of 2023. It's a springtime springtime surprise. surprise. That's right. We just got back from Orlando this past weekend where Mm. we participated in the springtime surprise. Yes. So you can so that is the preview of what this episode will be about. Yes, it's very uh, surprising. Shocking. <laughs> we got our Disney race <laughs> done very early this year. Yeah. So yeah, we've got a lot to tell you guys about when it comes to the springtime surprise, and I'm very excited to talk about that. We're also going to talk about some food and beverage from the House of Mouse. The um, House of Mouse. Yes. From a little party they got going on up there right now. It's little? Little. You say it's as big as Wine and Dine. Well, it's as, it's the party's as big as Epcot. Or, I'm sorry, the Epcot Food and Wine Festival. It's not, a, okay, the footprint is as big. It's not as big. It's as good. You think it's better. I do, because I think it's prettier. The Flower and Garden Festival is what we're talking about. Okay. And we're going to be talking about food and beverage from there. And we'll get more into to why it is the Superior Festival. I we can't get to wait. The, when we get to that segment of the show. To hear your explanation. Yeah. I am so excited. I'm here for that. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. That's why you're my co-host. <laughs> but first, we want to talk about some shout outs. Oh, uh, yes. I think you've got a couple. I do. I have tried to scour the internet amidst our trip to gather shout outs for us in this year of all these shout outs where we've gotten email and we've gotten voicemail and we've gotten audio attached to email. Yeah. The one I want to put out there is just a congratulations to everyone in the Runcation Nation who completed Springtime Surprise, came to cheer for Springtime Surprise runners, supported charities through Springtime Surprise, anybody who participated in the weekend in any way. Congratulations. And if we saw you, it was great to see you. If we didn't get to see you, we missed you. Absolutely. It's hard to connect with everybody at a Run Disney event. It just is. just huge. At any major race, especially at at a Run Disney event, because you've got the race event itself, Mm -hmm. and you got all the parks, and then, of course, all the other things in the Orlando area uh, that you might be tempted to go and do. Some of the Runcation Nations stepped out of the theme park area to try some food. 
well, can't say I blame them. There's some good stuff that's not on property as well. I agree. But we had this big event over the weekend, but that's not the only big event. And we have some people to congratulate as well who participated in, ran, volunteered, or cheered Mm -hmm. at the Boston Marathon this past Dr. Andy Sharp, for example. Yes. And Babs, Mm -hmm. who volunteered and represented Destination Marathons and 261 Fearless. Yes. Yes. And that is 261 Fearless. If you have not heard about it, you should go back in our archives at runnydrink.net and listen to the interview we got. A two-parter, a two-episode interview with the marathon woman, Catherine Switzer. Yes. She's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you can go back and you can find... Another champion in our archives, Marco Chisetto, who repeated his, who kept, who retained his title yes, this he year. Did. Indeed. Yeah. So, it, so shout out to everybody and anybody that we might have missed. Those are just some highlights of people that I saw as I was perusing some social media, but I know there were others. Just know that our hearts were with you. And supporting you all the way from Florida as we traveled back home from Springtime Surprise and you were running or cheering or volunteering. Absolutely. And not to be outdone, we do have one member of the Runcation Nation who has completed a major milestone. Mm. And we want to take a moment to celebrate Darlene Kaminsky. Darlene is incredible. She is a wonderful member of the Runcation Nation. We were so lucky to have the opportunity to meet her at the Gasparilla Distance Classic in February. And I hugged her so tight I didn't, I, she probably thought I wasn't going to let go because it was so wonderful to meet her in person. She has an iron will strength, passion, and perseverance. And she's just an all-around wonderful person. She knows how to bake. And I we need some of her stuff in our lives. But that is not why we're shouting her out. We are shouting her out because she met a goal that means so much to her to have achieved. She went to Hawaii And she achieved the goal of completing a half marathon in each of the 50 states. That is amazing. And Hawaii is the way to to do it. I've never been there, but I would think it looked beautiful. It did. I saw her social media posts. And what a great way to cap off Mm -hmm. journey. Yeah. So, Darlene, congratulations. We are so happy for you. You must be so proud. And just that whole accomplishment, the whole trip, congratulations. We can't wait to see you again and celebrate in person. Absolutely. And hey, listen, if you want a shout out for you or someone else that you love on the show, all you have to do is email us at info at runeatdrink.net. That's info at runeatdrink.net. Attach short audio file. Maybe record yourself on like the audio recorder app on your phone and then email that to us. That's certainly one way to do it. You could also go old school and you could type out your message and we'll read it. We do that, but we love hearing from you. Your voices. Yes. We want to hear you, but that's not the only way. So speaking of voices, you can also call and leave us a message at 941-677-2733. Yes. Leave us a voicemail at 941-677-2733 and we will play it on an upcoming episode. Yeah. Keep it to about a minute and we will make you Runcation Nation famous. For you, or someone you know and love that deserves a shout out. Send it in. Shall we talk running? Let's talk running. Let's talk running. Okay. Training for the 2023 springtime surprise. And then completing the race we registered for. Yeah. 
I'm going to be the first one to say that I have been very lax in training since Gasparilla. I have been having a problem with my left Achilles where it attaches to the heel. And you have mentioned that I have mentioned that previously in previous shows. And I took, took some time off from running and focused on other aspects of training around that. And it, it really did help. I can say with no reservation, there's still something going on with my Achilles. So it's, it's not over. It's not over. It's not over, but it's definitely better. And taking that time off did help. There's that for training. My focus around it was mainly some walking and resistance training. Yes. And that's kind of what I did to make sure I was still keeping, getting my heart rate up and doing some other training to, to help overall physical fitness. But yeah, I was a bad running student (laughs) what about you who's been in direct communication with america's coach jeff galloway yeah i am an e-coaching client of jeff galloway's and it was kind of hard to get back into the swing of things or catch like find a stride as far as work life balance and training i it was tough and in the in the difficulty of it, I missed some key runs. And I told Jeff that. I always tell him, listen, I just didn't it we're in the midst of finding a routine to help support dad in his recovery after his successful bout with cancer and taking him to all the follow-up appointments to make sure that stays at bay and away. And in addition to getting back into the routine of job and life and just, it has been challenging, I would say. So he said, the long run is the key. He always says that if you read his books, if you read his training books, if you read any articles, journals, at uh, blog posts at jeffgalloway.com, you will find that he says the key is the long run. You have maintenance runs in the week that you can work on speed, you can work on drills, you can do those things. But the long run is going to be the key for your endurance. Right. So he said, try to get an 11 miler in somewhere in there in the last three weeks before the race. Three weeks is the sweet spot. Yes. And And he's consistent about that as well. In all of his literature. And interviews. I just, I got out there and did it on a day off, but I didn't quite make it to 11 miles. I just, the injury I have with my knee, it just said, no, (laughs) we're done at, we're done at eight miles. Eight miles. We're done. You're done. So now for those that have listened to us in the past, we talk about Jeff's preference is for you to push your wall out by going beyond the race day distance. So I was frustrated. I should be thankful that I accomplished those eight miles. And I need to be, and I am, but I always like to do what Jeff says. Sure. So the eight miles knew that I completed And then I messaged him and he said, well, okay, so right out of the gate, you need to walk. And if you are right behind, if you are right by the balloon ladies, then pick it up with some 530, do some shuffling. Those are the kinds of things that you can do. And you also need to work on your walking cadence coming into this training season, because that's That needs some work. Yeah. And that's a good point for anybody who's looking at run, walk, run. Yeah. By the way, when you're looking at doing that, the thing you have to remember is that, yes, you're walking to erase some of that fatigue. But what you don't want to do is slow down so much that That you are putting yourself in a deficit. Right. Right. Especially in a race like this where the balloon ladies have, when once they cross the start line, it's a hard 16 minutes a mile that you have to maintain. 
Yeah. I was coming into this race weekend challenged. A little underprepared. Yeah. Okay. And fighting some IT band issues and some meniscus tears and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I had not yet had a chance to schedule any physical therapy around that and get some guidance there from the TheraBeast. Yes, who you're now back in training with. As of today. As of today. Very nice. So that's that kind of lets people know like how we went into the weekend. Let's talk a little bit about the first thing. When you get to a Run Disney weekend, the big thing that you got to do is packet pickup and the expo. You do. It's true. So we got to the expo on Saturday because we were running on Sunday. A lot of people entered that virtual queue on Thursday, They the first day of the weekend, and we didn't make it until Saturday the day before the race. So we didn't really peruse merchandise. That wasn't our mission. The run Disney merch, specifically. Didn't, specifically. Now, at the expo, when we got there, bib pickup is, as always, very efficient. Yes, yeah. yeah, and they did that at ESPN Wide World of Sport. So we picked up our bibs. We got some pictures with some backgrounds, which I don't recall backgrounds, multiple backgrounds like that in PhotoPass photographers being there at Wine and Dine when we did our bib. I don't think I don't so either. That, that seemed new to me. Yeah. So if you have, or I just haven't seen it before. If you have PhotoPass or as a part of your annual pass or you have memory maker for your trip, then I say take advantage of it. And we took pictures with every single background. We did. <laughs> we sure did. Why so, not? Yeah. And then we picked up our shirts and that part was over in another building. At the Justin Center. At the Justin Center by the soccer fields. And we were seeing soccer academy going on at the same time. Yeah. Now this is, I think the, one of the few times I think they've done it in the past where we've seen like, like softball going on, but this is one of the few times that we've had a sporting event going on at the same time as a race weekend where they're doing packet pickup and the expo and all that. So it was very packed at ESPN center. We were parked way out in the back 40 when, (laughs) when, we arrived and we arrived mid afternoon on Saturday. So yeah. yeah, that was all going on. But the, but then once you got into the expo, you were kind of unaffected by it. Yes. And the expo, I think it's not as big as pre 2019, 2020. I would agree. But there were a lot of useful and valuable things as always If you flew in and they lost your luggage or they were rerouting your luggage to you in flight or something and you had packed your race gear in it, you could pick up. Or if you forgot something, there was plenty because the Fit to Run booth is like an entire row of the expo. You can get nutrition. You can get Fashion sleeves, socks, shoes. Shorts, shirts, everything. Yeah. Yes. And that's just fit to run. Now, there's many, many other vendors. And you're right. It's not as big as it has been, like you said, pre-pandemic. Right. I think it's coming back. It seems like it. It seems like it is. It seemed like it was more abundant in terms of booths. It's getting there. Than it was, say, when we went to Wine and Dine. Yes. Yeah, I think so. And they're, they brought back more of the, the food vendors. So you had like Go Go Squeeze was there. So you could get, if it's nice, you mm-hmm. out all these free samples. And a lot of people use those as race fuel. And, yep. and we've used them as race fuel before. Mm-hmm. And grab a few of those. They're more than happy to give you as many as you want. Mm-hmm. Those out. Yeah. Uh, had uh, like a, uh, something called Go Nuts, which is like a nut butter. Yeah. And they were giving full jars I've away. never seen them at the Expo I before. Think they're was new. that the first time? I think so. Okay. They're giving away full jars. They had, I was looking for Athletic Brewing. I didn't see them. No, I didn't see them either. But they, and then... Uh, sunglasses and Mm. garments and you name it. There's tons of stuff. Well, and as we were perusing garments, we met a lovely young man by the name of Trevor. Yes. From Toronto. 
We are we have made yet another friend from the Great White North. Yay! Yeah, we struck up a great conversation with Trevor over Garmin's because I was lamenting the fact that I couldn't get my my Garmin Phoenix 6X Sapphire to sync with our computer and mm-hmm. do any software updates. He gave me a tip to do it wirelessly, which I tried. And then ultimately, my final diagnosis, Trevor, after doing all that, <laughs> I had a bad cable. I had to order a new cable from Amazon. Isn't that what you try uh, first? Isn't no. that what you always try first? It's always the, well, you know what? I tried all sorts of things, and the last thing I tried is what worked. Well, at least something worked. <laughs> That's true. Although I was very tempted to get that new Garmin Phoenix. Ooh. Very wow. tempted. I almost pulled the trigger there. But I think we came away with something even more valuable, which is a new running friend. Yes. Who is, what, triathlon training? Yes, he's training for a triathlon, doing, doing Ironman. I cannot wait to hear how that's going. Yes. Uh, and he um, sent us a lovely email to info at runnydrink.net. Is that info at runnydrink.net? That's info at runnydrink.net. Okay. Well, Trevor... Thanks for hanging out with us, and uh, thanks for checking out the show. We appreciate it. And sending us tips and information via email. Indeed. Okay, Expo Packet Pickup Well-Oiled Machine. Yes. Very large. Let's talk about the race itself. Okay. Because uh, the And let me back up a little bit. Oh. The night of, we go to bed at like 7 p.m., we... <laughs> Like around. Did anybody, does anybody else do that? Because it's, it's a 2 a.m. wake up for us. And around midnight, I see flashing lights coming through the window. And I wake up and go, and it's storming. And I'm like, Whoa. oh, yes. It's going to be another one of these. Here we go. Oh. Thankfully, that all passed by I the time had, we I left. I brought my rain jacket just in case. Well, that makes one of us. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, so let's talk pre-party, course, weather, all that fun stuff. Yes. We were doing much of our preparation up in the hotel room, like yoga and an ice bath. And so when we got downstairs at the Hilton Signia. Which is where we stayed this time. Not a sponsor, but could be. And it's a quite delightful hotel, as is the Waldorf right there. It's partner. Yeah. I, so we missed the pre-party. We did. Yes. But shout out to Mrs. Kim who supplied us some coffee. Even though we missed the coffee at the pre-party and the bananas and we got, we stopped by the little coffee shop that is Muse. Yeah. Inside of the Hilton Signia lobby as we were waiting for our car to be brought around. And we got pre-race fuel. Yes, we did. Including caffeine, and you know how I am about that. Coffee. Gotta have a little pre-race coffee. So it's good. We ended up driving, and I know you like to drive because then you think it is less walking to the corrals. And I think that since they changed the security scheme, that's different, and you could take the bus and have less walking? Yes, we used to choose to drive because of that exact reason. Mm-hmm. Drop you off at Epcot for the races that start over there. Yeah. And they drop you off at Epcot where the bus is left, let off. And you had to walk basically a mile to get over to where the you would maybe go to event buses or to where the corrals are. Now, since they engage in the practice of routing everybody through Epcot security... Yeah, at the front of the park, not the way they used, used to, to set up in the parking lot. Yeah, you have to go for, through the just metal for the detectors. And, uh, for the event. And since you have to do that, the advantage for driving goes away. Especially, like us, we were parked in the back 40 again. Not as Whoa. bad as we were for Marathon Weekend, but Whoa. we were out there. Yeah. That but we said, drove and we, we drove. got there and we got through security and it and got to our pre-race potty stop and into the corrals and fairly good placement. I we were in the front. Had. I want to say the front third of of the corral. We were in corral yeah. C and yeah, we were, we got into the corral by about four thirty. 4.30-ish, right, right and around I don't know how we ended up in Corral C. So whatever running god or who whoever determined the corral placements for this one, 
Thank you for that. Do that anytime for us, literally, because it was the corral placement that helped me achieve the goal. Well, don't sell yourself short. I said helped. I didn't say did it for me. Right. We get into the corral. Everything's good. And just like the last several Disney races, and I think that they've decided this is how they're going to go, especially since they are did this race backwards. And we'll yeah. talk about that when we get to the course. They do mini waves within each corral, corral. And those are all separated by a couple of minutes. So that worked out yeah. very well. Yes, it did. And I think that coupled with the first mile of the course were the kind of magic formula to create less bottleneck and less crowded areas on the course yeah. going forward. Let's talk about the course a little bit. What happens with these run Disney races is that they might have you do like a lap around a parking lot and then they have you run between the parks. That tends to be the first part of the race. Not um, so much here. No. Now what they decided to this do. one was you went around the parking lot and yeah. towards the back of Mexico on the World Showcase. And then you went in straight into the park and along the along the World Showcase. I just don't understand why Mexico can't be open and serving margaritas. It was 5 a.m. I don't care. <laughs> it was not 5 a.m. That's when the fast people took well, off. Well, yes. We, we actually got into the park by 5, 36 o'clock. Something like that. <laughs> by doing that, it forces the beginning part of the race to start in tighter, more confined areas. Mm -hmm. We have experienced it in the past when they did not do many waves. They did not do many waves or have that kind of lap around the parking lot right? in conjunction with those. And when we experienced that, that was, I believe, Star Wars Dark Side. Inaugural. Yeah, the I inaugural. Yeah. They had some real challenges, challenges. with that one. Yeah. So, so I think they have employed strategies to refine if they're going to do a race course that starts in tighter areas like around the world. Showcase. Yeah. So applause to run Disney. On that. Yep. Yeah. So then the course basically takes you around the world showcase. Not entirely, though. No. The back half going from like Mexico to, well, really, over, you, you end up going from Mexico over to like the Marrakesh mm. area. You go out and behind and then back in around France. Yes. And then you go over the little bridge towards the UK. They had you go out from there. And you headed over towards the boardwalk. Yes. It felt very backwards because the, I should have been going the other way, coming into the UK and getting ready to finish. Yes. That's how I felt. <laughs> I like hitting the boardwalk and going, okay, I only got like two miles to go. Yeah. So it's it was weird. different. It was different. And but then, of course. Nonetheless, it was still good but it was on the boardwalk when we got there super slick well yeah anytime you're on the boardwalk unless you're in the middle of the heat of the day it's going to be a slick one because the, usually at night they pressure clean it once it's wet it's slippery until it dries and inevitably somebody eats it every year over there on the, the i didn't see anybody do it not no, I didn't see anybody, time. but I'm sure And I was happened. thankful. But I also thought that was really great that they could, uh, around the boardwalk, at the end where Jelly Rolls is, they and that dance hall, Yes, they had a character stop, which I thought was brilliant because you could wind the line by the water, yep. and it didn't have to be on the course where runners were trying to go past. I thought that was really smart. Absolutely. Didn't impact yeah. the race course. And then it took you through that little area, the walkway, heading over to mm, Hollywood Studios. Behind the boardwalk resort and by the water. And they kept us on the pavement, not on the sidewalk portion closest to the water. Yes, that was, was different. What would you think of that? It was t a little bit tighter, but I always like... Being on road versus being on concrete. sidewalk concrete. Yeah, I agree. I said it was a little more comfortable. <clears throat> and inevitably in that area, you'll always get some people who want to get super aggressive, especially when you're going the other direction for trying to finish. This time they were, I think people were better about it. There, there wasn't as much of a problem with people 
aggressively passing in that area to me. So I like that change. You think it was because it was so early on in the race or because we had corral placement that was a little bit better this time? Might have been a little bit of both. Yeah. So that wasn't too bad. Yeah. Then, of course, the race continues over to Hollywood. Yes. Uh, Takes us. More of Hollywood than we had in past races. Yes. I kind of like that. They're bringing back a little more of that. Mm. uh, This time, they take you as you go into the park. You bear left. And they took us right through the Star Wars area. Yes, it was. That was super slick. That was more slippery than I thought it was going to be. And I just. In spite of the rough textures made to look like stone, it was really, it was, in my opinion, it was more slippery than the boardwalk. I agree. I agree. And I felt my shoes kind of slide a couple of different times, although I didn't fall. Which was good. That is good. Once we got to Toy Story Land, I felt like a little bit more solid ground underneath it, my feet. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it's the, I mean, it's all concrete, stamped concrete, but I think that just the way they textured it in the Toy Story area was Different. better. And it, uh, you're right, it did feel, um, yeah. feel more stable. Running through Toy Story Land was cool because, of course, the theme of our race, the Toy Story 10 miler. And it was still dark. Wasn't it? Well, I, or the sun was just coming up and yeah, it's overcast it, anyway. It, but it, it wasn't bearing down on you, which was nice. It was overcast and it was humid as far as the weather goes on the day. Oh, yeah. But so I just felt like it wasn't, it was nice to see it that way. And to this point, we haven't said that going through both parks first up to this point in the race, you have plenty of in-park bathrooms. Yes, that is actually really nice, especially since a lot of people sit in the corrals and For sip so their water. Long. And you, yeah, and you forget. Like Even if you don't sip your water, you've had like some kind of pre-race ritual where you've hydrated. So it's really nice to have that. And I took advantage of them. I, every time we went into a park, I hit a restroom. So it was just nice to have them near. Yep. Along that first part of the course and not be waiting in line on the road at the porta potties, which are all well placed and plenty of them. Sure. When you do it. But that was just a nice change. And the photo pass photographers were pretty spread out. Yes. All, all through the park portion. And very well marked. You can't miss them. Bright green t- little tents and, and vests and, and plenty and that of little, lights. And that little light that precedes them. It, it's. Now I'm hearing in my head, caution, runners. No. Caution, athletes. Right? They've changed the verbiage of the recording. Did you, I think that you got a kind of snippet of it somewhere on the course. I think I saw you recording. I think I did, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's caution, athletes. Yeah. I was in my head (laughs) for that. They almost need alert, runners, alert. Here we go. Athletes. Athletes. Speed bumps ahead. Caution, athletes. Speed bumps ahead. Nice. There you go. There you go. Caution, athletes. Photo pass ahead. But it really shouldn't be caution. It should be. Smile, athletes. Yes. Yeah. That would be good. (laughs) So, yeah. So we go from or through the that area of Toy Story Land, which, by the way, also something to keep in mind. The new barbecue place has opened in Toy Story Land. Yeah, we have to go check that out. Definitely, at some point they run you back through uh, like kind of the main drag in in Hollywood. They had another character stop right there in front of the Chinese Theater, and that was Mickey and Minnie. That line was, was long. Wow, that's Whoa. the longest line I've ever seen for a character stop. And I think if people stopped there, then we would get some fast runners breezing past us on your left. Yeah. (laughs) Big time after they finish that to play catch up. 100%. But, you know, faster runners can do that. Absolutely. And then, of course, the race continues. It takes you down, I want to say, Hollywood Boulevard or towards the Hollywood Tower of Terror. And then we exit the park behind the Hollywood Tower of Terror. And that takes you out onto, what is that street? I don't know. I want to say that's that might be Buena Vista. It takes you down to the main street there, which, again, we've run it, but the other direction. It's backwards. I usually equate that gate with safety. 
yeah. coming into. That gate at a half marathon is usually pretty close to mile eight. Or, yeah. And at that point, you're like, okay, the rest of this is in the or parks. nine or, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to be moving. Yeah. But this time, that put us at about mile five is where we were at there. And... Then that takes us out onto the road, and you had oh. ju- you had just a little bit of a uphill, and yeah. then it took you a little bit downhill and onto your very first off ramp. And let me just tell you that it didn't matter whether I was high on the curve in the middle or on the low part; it just hurt. Yeah, the off ramps the off ramps suck no matter what. I ended up going to the right and off the road and just on the actual grass itself. You did? I did. I don't trust myself on that. Well, it was flatter than the pavement. So you actually had both feet on level at that point. So that worked out pretty well for me. Good. So that off ramp, then the rest of it was on the road, taking us all the way back to Epcot. To Epcot. Yes, and we had a nutrition stop along the way with Sport Beans. Yes, and that was nice to see. I think that's the second or second race that we've seen or third, third with Sport Beans being handed out. I like yeah, that. I liked it. And the water stops and uh, the not a Gatorade Powerade option. Powerade. That was very nice to what we had volunteers that were shouting out when the where the bottle refills were yes where the water was where the powerade was so because i had a bottle with me yep that i could refill which it was very nice to know where they were prior to getting up in a bottleneck at the stop yeah i thought that all the water stops were really well managed mm-hmm. this year they did a great job with them so shout out to everybody who was out there volunteering and doing that thank you excellent it, it job went really well and they were really motivated too i think of jennifer hall and we i think we were doing a live at some point maybe in gasparilla and she said ask the water volunteers ask the water stop volunteers who has the best water and so you should take yeah. from them and i was thinking about that because some of them had little personalities like it's the most refreshing and wet water. And it was just like at a time when it was so hot and so humid out there on the road, it was just nice to have a little personality. So I really appreciated the volunteers this go around. Yeah, 100%. We were really, at, I think it goes to about mile seven until we got back into the park. A seven, almost eight. And then really the last part of the race was once you went back to Epcot and you headed into the front of the park from the road, I guess that's World Drive, then you had basically a loop around part of Living with the Land. We ran behind Mm -hmm. Living with the Land. We came back in to Epcot between Mm. Living with the Land. Actually, I want to say on the other side of uh, Figment. And back onto the World Showcase. Yes. And then we ran to the left and around over by Canada and then headed over like past where the construction is and off to the right. And then you headed over towards the new cafe, Connections Cafe and their new retail store. There, mm-hmm. There's that little walkthrough that takes you over to the space-themed things like Guardians of the Galaxy, Mission Space, and Space 220. Space 220, yeah. It, uh, and that is where you waited for me because at periodic times, in, I know I would have to stop and readjust my knee brace or... It, I just had a whole lot of clunky and clicky moments on this course. So I was a lot slower. And between that and the restroom stops or pit stops for pictures along the way, we got separated and you were kind enough to wait at the that area right before Guardians of the Galaxy there at the Connections Cafe. Yeah, that was like mile nine points. It was really 9. close. 5. Really close. Yeah. And then we and then we were in some backstage areas on the way to the finish and came upon the choir 
which was great. And I was looking for Jeff Galloway because he's a character stop. And I have not been on a course where he's been a character stop. This is the f- that I have encountered him. Right. Like, because I was swept at wine and dine. So to have the experience of Jeff as a character stop, like right there at the finish with Carissa and all the announcers, it was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah, we were able to actually get some time with him and take a selfie. You got to hug him. Yeah. It went really well. And it was great because we got to see him right there. Hear them announcing it. And then we were able to run it on in. Yes. And I got to Riley shouted me out because of the kilt Kilt? and Carissa shouted out the running drink podcast. Thank you, Carissa. Yay. For doing that. And uh, then we got the medal. And I really like the medal because it was a spinner without being a potentially dangerous to pack spinner. Yes. If you're flying and you explain to people what you mean by that. What I mean by that is the metal itself was a round metal springtime surprise. It, it had buzz and woody, but then it had the little aliens from the club. Yes. The toy story aliens. We've been chosen that they spun. They're tiny little ones around the logo that says Disney Pixar Toy Story 10 Miler 2023, and they spin. They are just little spinners within the broader metal. Yes. And the metal had pink and yellow and blue, two kinds of blue, and it was just, I liked it. I thought it was a little bit thinner than years past. It is. It's a lighter Lighter, thin, thinner metal. Yeah, it's not as hefty. Yeah. But it looks fantastic. So I was very happy with the overall metal. Yeah. And we mentioned we picked up the shirt. Yes. You're not a huge fan. Which has the similar design to the metal. (sighs) We picked up the shirt, of course, the day before the expo, but... Yeah, Amy's not a fan of the gray color of no. the shirt. It's like a light gray. I understand that it made all the other colors, like the blue and the red and the made yellow. It made them pop. But I think you could choose a different color. <laughs> I don't like gray. Well, that's okay. It's okay. I'm sure it'll be cool in this Florida running weather in yes. summer. Thanks for that. And I'll step outside of my comfort zone, maybe. Maybe. She's not going to wear it. So, Okay. <laughs> All along the race course, all in all, I think that the weather, air temperature-wise, was mercifully cool. However, it was like 98% humidity the entire time. I was soaking. So, super humid. We really didn't get a lot of direct sun until later in the race, Mm -hmm. probably mile seven. So, the last 5K that we did, or about the last 45 minutes or so of the race is when we had a lot of direct sun. The overcast was really nice. Yes. Leading up to that. Yeah. So I'm... No rain. No rain. All the rain moved out. Good. But all the roads were wet and all the running surfaces were wet. I think that overall, this was a great race event. I enjoyed it. And I, even though I had to just, it was a mental challenge to stay in that to stay in the positive space in my head when I was challenged with my knee. Yes. I think it was a good exercise for that mental strength. That's a muscle that you have to work. That keeping those positive mantras going and focusing on the things you can control, like hydrating, like nutrition, like counting it even if you get so tired that monkey brain like jeff says starts to go oh you can stop you don't yeah there's a here's a parade bus here's a pickup bus come on <laughs> all those voices you have even if you're like okay let me get into the music in my playlist let me get into counting my steps and my cadence let me talk let me just do a posture check let me do let me think about all of the reasons why i'm here and what this accomplishment will mean to me so those are mental tricks or 
another mental trick that Jeff talks about is you're counting your steps, you're into your music. It's still challenging for you. Look ahead and lasso somebody with that invisible rubber band so that you can catch up to them. Absolutely. So there are uh, different strategies that I employed this entire race because not because it wasn't a fabulous race, outstanding characters. I loved the way they spaced out runners on the course. The New characters or characters not often seen. They did have a lot of stuff from It's a Bug's Life. So it was a lot of, they were leaning, of course, heavily on the Pixar stuff, as you would expect. Yeah. So... All of that and the way it was managed and executed and announced, it was wonderful. The post-race party was great. I just, it was a challenge for me. Yeah. and But it was a great challenge. And some races are like that. You could have trained and hit all the milestones you were looking for in training and still had a rough day with the knee if it's not cooperating. Sure, sure. No, you did phenomenal. And And um, those are some good strategies that Jeff Galloway knows what he's talking about. 100%. And this is, of course, the longest race in a three-race weekend for the Springtime Surprise. This year, they had a 5K on Friday, a Saturday 10K, and then Sunday was the 10-miler, not to be confused with 10K. Right. All in all, great race weekend. I loved the theming. Getting back to the Run Disney merch for just a second. Oh, At yeah. the pre-race party, they did have a beer tent, which, by the way, this oh, year's the, like, specialty the post, beer. The, like the post-race? The post-race. The, yeah. Uh, the post-race beer that they had available this year, they had a Playa Linda strawberry lemonade mm. ale, which was very good. I enjoyed it. We like that. But we next door, they also had a Run Disney merchandise tent. We got to go at least see the merchandise for me in person in person Mm -hmm. because we didn't bother going over to the special store that they had set up at the expo for me the merch didn't call to me but one thing i did notice that they did have which i think might be new those little backpacks the lounge fly the lounge fly backpacks they have backpacks for everything they did a specialty backpack for this race which was was really cool it was cute that was i think the winner of the merchandise area yes but not enough to get us to bite and buy anything yeah so that was our experience hey, at the, i would just like to oh. say a shout out to the raw threads folks and the boulder athletic wear folks and the sparkle skirt folks because they were fabulous in getting me what I needed for my costume. I ran as Merida. Yes. And was just, the brave shirt was beautiful from Raw Threads and held up very well in that weather. The bolder leggings, the capris, not the capris, but the dart leggings, they had plenty of pocket space and the sparkle skirt that was just the perfect color for Merida. And it was so comfortable. And I just really appreciated the apparel. So not sponsors of the show, but thank you. Yeah. Because I felt pretty. And the costume was great. Mm -hmm. You did a great job. Yeah. So that is our experience with the 2023 springtime surprise. I think that if you're looking to do a Disney race weekend Mm -hmm. and you're considering which one to do, given that this one coincides with Flower and Garden Festival, I think this is a really strong offering for people who are looking to choose which one they should do. Are you saying that's the one you want to do? I'm saying that's the one we got registered for and did do, and we aren't registered for one and dine yet. So it's sold out. I know. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> but what I'm saying is a lot of people <laughs> are picking one or the other. Yes. This one's a great opp- opportunity. And yeah. the theming is going to be different from year to year. So this is one where you check it out, see if the theming is something that is interesting to you. And if so, you're going to have a good time. And it, it might draw you in 2024 because it's at Dana's favorite festival. The favorite food, which all this running usually makes him hungry. It does. So his favorite food at a festival at Epcot 
would have to be flower and garden. Yes. I yes. So now we're that that was our segue to the food and beverage portion of the mm-hmm. show. You're hungry. I am, and I do the festivals. That's kind of found their niche of mm-hmm. what they're doing, and it's all about the festivals. Yeah. But you can only run the food and wine festival for so long during the year before it stops being a festival. So they have to break it up a little bit. And they change things up. They have different different countries or different food booths that open up with different themes, different menus. Um, I've mm-hmm. always liked the Epcot Flower and Garden Festival because this is the one where they get out the topiaries. They send an army of arborists out there. They are an army of arborists. They are they're decorating with flowers and. It is gorgeous. The park looks incredible. The course actually took us by my favorite topiary, which was the Lion King one with Rafiki holding up Simba and all of that. Yeah, it was great. So this is, I think, the prettiest festival that they do. and It's tasty. You don't have as many food options, but they always have very good food options. And this year, we're featuring one that's a relatively new addition. We've been there before when they had lobster. Yes. And they were in a different location on the World Showcase. They were actually out on the World Showcase. So this year we're gonna we're gonna feature the citrus blossom. Let's call it a booth for lack of a better word. In the Odyssey building. But I was gonna say they moved from a actual booth into the Odyssey building, which is which I also love. A space that was neglected for a very long time. I love it. I think that Disney's now figured out like, oh, here's some things we can do with this space. And I love what they do. And Citrus Blossom is not country specific in what they do. What they're showcasing is the use of citrus in food and drink. Yes. Which I think is excellent. This change in location and also their food offerings were tasty yes and their beverage offerings were strong and we didn't even have them all no no and it featured one of my favorite non-mainstream characters the orange bird yeah the orange bird like people love the orange bird i love the orange bird i want that zipper i do when and we they, go back, because they're running the flower and garden right up to the food and wine summer. When we go back there, I want that orange bird zipper. Okay. Okay. So without further ado, let's let you hear our review of the offerings that we were able to sample from Citrus Blossom at the Odyssey building on the Epcot's promenade, I guess, of the 2023 Ooh. International uh, flower and garden. Oh, excuse me. Twenty twenty three Epcot Flower and Garden Festival. Hey, Runcation Nation, are you ready to celebrate all things Orange Bird? Well, that is what we're doing here at the Citrus Blossom inside the Odyssey Pavilion at Epcot's Flower and Garden Festival twenty twenty three. I'm so glad they use this for something now. This yes. was such a neglected space for so long. It's so cute. And the, yeah, the re-theming in here is gorgeous. It's all decked out with orange bird projections on the wall and wallpaper and... Um, a little store. A little store full of orange bird items. And I guess orange bird is a character that they've created specifically for like Florida citrus. I guess. And I don't know. It's It goes perfectly though. It does. And it's a cute little mascot. So, you know, good on them. Yeah. And so, everything here, I guess, has an orange theme. For example... The food and drink. Yes. We have orange sesame tempura shrimp with orange chili sauce. We have a citrus baked brie with preserved lemon marmalade, lemoncello macerated berries, and spiced marcona almonds. And then we have a lemon meringue pie with lemon curd lemon mousse and toasted meringue so it's citrusy it's citrusy citrusy and then we got the beer flight which includes ufo beer company citrus hazy wheat beer out of boston massachusetts eight one bay our favorite from tampa a citrus honey cream ale and then parish brewing company dawn out of brassard louisiana 
uh, has given us drive-through orange octane imperial sour. Oh boy, the sour. Uh, here we go. Yeah. All right. Well, first things first. Let's let's do the shrimp. Okay. Because these are going to be. It's uh, huge. Yeah. The serving size is huge. It looks like they they cut and elongated the individual shrimp. Mm-hmm. They did a nice tempura batter on these. What do you think? It's crispy. Soft on the inside. Not overly fishy. Mm. Um, this scratches that fried shrimp itch. Mm-hmm. They could have done a little more sauce. Or put the sauce on the side for dipping. Yeah. Because these almost remind me of a, a chicken finger shape. That's ripe for dipping. Yes. Yeah. So. I would also say that it, for kids, mm-hmm. this is not a bad option. No. If you had a kid who's who likes shrimp, yeah, then. Yeah. But you know, s- some of the food here is a little froofy and a little fancy. Froofy. Yeah. Mm. This is the closest thing you're going to get to something that's nice and easy and dippable. At a festival offering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I like the shrimp. Yeah, this is this is a solid offering here. Mm-hmm. How they got the shrimp that long? This is the way they cut it. And they must have used large shrimp. Uh huh. Yeah, this is probably a good U eight yeah. size shrimp. very good yeah like that one but the thing I was most interested in mm. is the baked brie yeah Marcona almonds limoncello a limoncello macerated blueberries and it's a preserved lemon marmalade so dig into that and tell me what you think because that looks it's beautiful number Ooh, one we need to break it open this is basically a brie en croute um there. Mm. She stopped and went, ooh. The, ma- the marmalade is nice. Lemony. <laughs> I'm trying to get a perfect bite, you know? Right. With everything in. Mmm. <laughs> You can taste the pastry. You can taste the lemon marmalade. The blueberry in your mouth. Just kind of a burst of sweetness. Mm-hmm. And the almond is a textural crunch. Yes. What do you think? I love it. I love brie. I think it's I nice. know you do. It's such a mild, buttery cheese. Mm-hmm. The uh, everything you said is is right. The, the it all works together really nicely. Um, the one thing that I would say is if you order this, mm. eat it quick. Yeah. And I say that because you want that ooey gooeyness of the of the brie, and if it cools off, the brie starts to to re-solidify. Yes, I would agree with you. It does not impact the flavor though. The flavor is phenomenal. This is like the- yeah. And then, that's a fancy, fancy... You don't like orange marmalade, but... Typically, no, but that's the way that's done there. The lemon marmalade? The lemon marmalade, very good. Mm. Um, the lemon meringue pie is mm. like a little tart. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. They did a really, really nice job with this here. Yeah. The meringue is like a ribbon. Yeah. Um, a torched ribbon of meringue, so... So presentation, they get a 10 out of 10 for that. I think that's just gorgeous. Mm. That's candied uh, lemon. Uh, le- or lemon peel. Lemon peel. Yeah. yeah. That they garnished it with in an edible flour. Mm-hmm. And I get no lemon peel. Oh, oh, you're good. Tell me how it was. Great. Mm. She ate the last lemon peel. Can I didn't know. That? I'm sorry. Can you believe that? You ate the lead shrimp. You had a shrimp. Okay. Um, what do you think of that? 
I think it's great. The custard on the inside is is tart, tart, sweet, pillowy, mm. kind of whipped. Yeah. Uh, so it's got a little aeration in there. It's not really dense. Mm. The meringue is very light and fluffy mm -hmm. and perfectly sweet. Not too sweet because sometimes you can overdo it with sugar. Right. Um, the tart crust is flaky, not flaky, a little crumbly, but not but too sweet. But it holds everything together. Yeah. That's a, that's a really nice dessert bite right there. Mm -hmm. And again, not a dessert guy. True. But it's tart as opposed to more sweet, sweet, sweet. Yes. So. And I think that's, that's the reason I like it as much as I do is it's not cloyingly sweet. Right. Now. Should we talk about the beer? Let's talk about these beers. Mm -hmm. UFO Beer Company Citrus Hazy Wheat Beer. Uh, I like wheat beers. I like citrus wheat. So let's see. A little bit of a little bit of citrus peel on the nose. It's a cloudy yellow with very light carbonation, and uh, you get a hint of citrus on the finish, but it's not overwhelming. It's not sweet. It's, it's got that really nice, um, mild, malty wheat beer flavor. I really like it. That and is I a know. great hot weather beer right there. Yeah, it's a, I'm a fan. And it's not so citrusy that it would overpower if you were having this with a burger or, or with Well, this would be perfect or, with the shrimp that we had. 100%. So I like it a lot. That's a good one. Yeah. Now, this one... This is the one I've been most curious about. 8-1 Bay Brewing's Citrus Honey Cream Ale. Cream ales, for me, generally don't have a whole lot of flavor. Nope, they're not. They're, they're intended to be more of a base for other things. So the fact that they're going to add citrus and honey to it, that's perfect. Do you get it on the nose? No. Not really? No. Higher carbonate, a little higher carbonation. Um, this is Than a, the last. Yeah, this is a translucent, um, almost treading into red territory. Yeah, it's like golden red. Deep golden red, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The citrus is very, um, very mild, and then you get a little bit of the honey kind of on the aroma after you swallow. But that is very mild, super drinkable. I like it. That is... It's not too like some cream meals are like bitter on the end. I don't know. But this, this has not. no bitterness mm -hmm. whatsoever. I think the citrus is. It's what? like they waved a picture of an orange by it. Uh -huh. You know they didn't they didn't overdo it. The rind and not the the and not the white not the part white. that's bitter. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Very refreshing. All right. Here's the one that I'm a little afraid of. I'm not gonna lie. Parish. The Imperial Sour. Yeah. Uh, so Imperial Sour, that's two things that, that always worry me. Imperial meaning, usually meaning a lot of extra hops added to it. Uh, and sour, because I'm just not a fan of sours as a style. But this is a beautiful be golden yellow, uh, completely cloudy beer. Looks almost like orange juice. Actually, yeah. Yeah. It smells, it smells like orange juice. Really? Yeah. Oh. Oh, look at you. And that facial expression is saying, like, I'm surprised with this. I, very much so. I like that. Oh. It's like uh, an alcoholic carbonated orange juice. Yeah. That's what it is. The sour is not like a lemon. It, it's not overpowering. Yes. No. That is surprisingly mm. good. I would do a whole pint of this. I would, too. Oh, in a heartbeat. But now, that one has the most the strongest citrus flavor of the three. I say yeah. The others are subtle. Yeah. So, mm. the beer offerings here are... And they had like a wine one I was interested in. Winners. That, I mean, I'm short of getting the whole menu, which is basically, basically what I almost what did. did. Except for, on the beverage front, there is an orange lemon smoothie that's in a, in a 
an orange bird sipper. Yeah, oh yeah. But may make its way home after we're done here in the World Trip. I, I see. Um, but there's also a Bellastrata that's a wine, a Bellastrata spritz and an orange sunshine wine slushy. Interesting. So there are combinations here for beer lovers and for non-alcoholic beverages and for wine connoisseurs. Excellent. So, yeah, what can I say about the citrus blossom? It's a winner. Yeah, this is worth checking out, 100%. And you can come in here and get some AC and 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 kick back for a little bit. There are nice themed tables set up. It's just, it's overall, I think this is a winner in every way here at the Epcot Flower Garden Festival. Orange sesame tempura shrimp with orange chili sauce? Uh-huh. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh. I think that might have been my favorite food offering that we had. I could have had that whole thing all by myself. Because it's good. generous serving. And I don't know, I, mm, of the beers, I'm not really sure which one was was one that I would hunt outside of the park. We had 81 Bay the citrus honey cream ale we had parish brewing Mm -hmm. shout out to dawn the orange octane imperial sour and then we had the citrus hazy from ufo that was a wheat beer i out of boston yeah and that that one's always good but i am very partial to eight one bay brewing uh, being a tampa boy and that's tampa brewery but uh, yeah they the beer offerings were strong. There's an orange sunshine wine slushy that we didn't get. And I just want to try that. When okay. we go back for the sipper. We're going back for the sipper. Okay. I just want you to know. <laughs> well, anyway, sounds, it was sounds fabulous. like we have a plan. It was fabulous. Stay tuned for more accomplishing, exploring, and indulging next week and the next time we go where you hear about Amy getting the sipper and what she puts inside of it. Stay tuned. It's not going to be next week, but (laughs) coming up at some point soon. (laughs) But, you know, before we go, we really want to ask you to share the show with your friends, with your family, share it on social and tag us and help us grow the run Cation nation with some of your favorite people. Tag us when you share your story or create a post about us. We are at Run Eat Drink Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Run Eat Drink Pod on Twitter. Share us on social. We get to meet people at running events like this, but sharing on social helps us create community in between the runcations. Absolutely. So thank you for joining us for this episode in 2023 on your long run, your commute to work, around the house, or wherever you are. I'm your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. Stay safe and well, and we will accomplish, explore, and indulge with you really soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having another great year thanks to your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We're at Run, Eat, Drink podcast. And on Twitter we're run eat drink pod you can also give us a call at 941-677-2733 or send us an email at info at runeatdrink.net visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute find out how you can support the show at patreon.com slash run eat drink podcast accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.